Welcome to a new episode of The Brand Called You. Today, we have a very, very exciting millennial entrepreneur who has founded this incredible juice company called The Raw Press. Anuj Rakhyan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Anuj uh, is uh, from Duke University. He spent time discovering himself in the US as an investment banker, then in consulting. And then he came back to India and decided to become an entrepreneur. Anuj is also an athlete. And he was just telling me before our interview that he had so many uh, injuries uh, that he decided that, you know, that was the right way to be able to nurture your body. So Anuj, uh, before we get into raw pressery, talk to us a little bit about your professional career and some of the key highlights. Sure. Um, again, thank you for having me. I think, I think what you guys are doing here is incredible. Um, and it gives us a chance to kind of feel honored enough to tell our story. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, born in Bombay, went to school in, in Bombay as well. And um, after Duke University, which is in North Carolina, um, spent a little time with Morgan Stanley doing in banking with Future Brand in uh, brand consulting mm-hmm. and uh, also spent some time in the evenings uh, running a bar uh, and meeting people. Uh, I think a lot of uh, learning over there. Mm-hmm. Um, just did a lot of things when I came back to India. My father has a business in diamond trading. Um, I spent some time learning about diamond industry. Um, I worked with some companies along the way mm-hmm. just to see, you know, how manufacturing, trading, brand building was done. Um, I started my own jewelry company as well with my father uh, called Ananya Jewels. It still exists. It's professionally managed now. And, um, but, you know, I think the, the thing that I enjoy the most doing uh, on a professional level is uh, I like operations and I like building brands. And... Um, I think the, the focus has always been on trying to organize the unorganized markets. Mm-hmm. So in jewelry for a long time as well, I noticed that the um, the independent jewelers or the family jewelers made up about 97, 98% of all jewelry you know stores in mm-hmm. India. Mm-hmm. Whereas the organized jewelers or the branded jewelers were very few. And um, I thought this was very interesting because the more unorganized a market is, there's the price discovery is very fragmented mm-hmm. and the consistency of quality is very low. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, how do we kind of build a brand that gives, you know, kind of a consistent promise to the consumer because the pricing for jewelry was all over the place. Correct. So those kind of things interested me. Yeah. And in a kind of a similar manner, it's a very similar thing that I'm doing maybe with the juice industry. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So... You know, um, let's get straight into raw pressery. Um, I remember first reading about it when you launched the detox yes. uh, variety of your juices in Delhi. But uh, tell us what is the meaning of cold press and what are the benefits? Sure. So um, there's three types of juices. I think it's simply put. One is, let's say, a juice that we make at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a juice that we buy from the store, and then let's say there's cold press juice. So what we make at home in in what we call a mixie yeah. or a mixer or a blender yeah. in, uh, has a centrifugal uh, you know process. It has a blade mm-hmm. at the bottom, which is you know moves at a very fast rotational speed, mm-hmm. and with that it kind of chops the vegetable or the fruit through, uh, 
releasing juice. What happens with this is there's a, with that friction, there's a minimal amount of heat mm-hmm. which affects the nutrition, you know, of the, or the enzymes of, of the produce. Mm-hmm. But there's a tremendous amount of oxygen. Okay. So what we'll find is in your homemade juice, if you've made it and you leave it on the table, it'll start frothing and yep. tearing apart. And, okay. uh, and that's why you never carry your juice with you anywhere you go. You, you know, you've made it, you have to drink it now. So that's the oxidation which has actually reduced the shelf life. Okay. Um, that's homemade juice. When we buy a juice from a store, I don't think it's fair to even call it a juice. Mm-hmm. Um, according to FSSAI and um, all, uh, all, all kind of food bodies around the world, when you write ingredients um, on a pack, you have to write them in the descending order of its composition. Mm-hmm. So the ingredient which is the maximum uh, within a component of, of that product has to be written first. And most of these juices will have water, then sugar, then concentrate. So I really? okay. um, never noticed that. But so if I buy a, a tetra pack of orange juice, yeah, it'll have water. Have water first. It'll have about eighty-five percent water. Then it'll have about five or six percent sugar, um, and then maybe five to six percent of concentrate, and then there could be colors or you know other uh, you know kind of additives inside it. So what you're telling me is that the juice that I buy in a tetra pack uh, is made from concentrate. It's not. It's only made from concentrate. Juices. It's only made from concentrate. Wow. Anything that you'll find in the market is only made from concentrate. Um, and if not concentrate, then, you know, um, marketing for these companies is, is misleading. They'll call the concentrate uh, puree mm-hmm. or the pulp, but it's essentially they'll, they heat that product to such a high degree to make that concentrate just to reduce their logistics costs. That um, my guess would be a lot of the large companies that sell juices in Tetra Packs or cartons have probably never sourced a fruit. Um, they just buy concentrate. So, okay. so that's the and in cold press, what happens is that we buy fruits, and then through a hydraulic pressure uh, technique, we, you know, cold press it. We smash it down without the use of any heat uh, or without any oxidation, which will be thrust through that juice, and you so you get maximum amount of juice as a yield from the product for produce. Uh, but you get it also with a lot of integrity because you have not heated it or oxidized it. And so the, the nutritional, you know, uh, kind of uh, advantage of that is much greater. And obviously on a taste and aroma and all of that, it's much. So cold pressing was actually started in the 30s and 40s when uh, for Gershon's therapy to mm-hmm. cure cancer patients. I see. Um, and because they saw the benefit of doing this as opposed to even making juice at home. So it's it's a very beneficial technique to extract juice. Okay. It's a very similar technique uh, to conclude um, with how paper is made. So if you take wood pulp mm-hmm. and you cold press it, the resultant in this case would be paper. You know, um, olive oil is made by cold pressing. Mm-hmm. So this technique was taken to fruits and vegetables. Okay. Very interesting. So, you know, when you cold press, say, staying with orange, orange, yeah. uh, you've taken the juice out. Now, some juices say that the pulp that is there in the juice is supposed to be good for you. Absolutely. But in cold press, obviously, pulp is not there. Or is it there? It is there. It is there. It is there. And then there is a lot of uh, the uh, remainder that's left. Yes. Yes. 
So uh, what happens to the pulp and the remainder because the juice you've taken out? So, um, you know, orange juice is probably not the best example okay. just because... Take any example. But it's, it's interesting because uh, orange juice, we can only cold press an orange juice. I so see. even if you make an orange juice at home, mm -hmm. you can't put it through your mixer. Okay. You, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah. old school, yes. this is the original cold press. Okay. You know, um, just squeezing something because there's no heat, there's no air that's okay. going through it. Okay. Um, and all the pulp will remain. So even if in our orange juice, you'll find that all the pulp is there. I see. The, um, you're absolutely correct about when we cold press, there's a resultant at the end. And that is a very dry cake, yeah. which will have some nutrition, but most of it is, is insoluble fiber. Mm -hmm. And the insoluble fiber is only used by the body for roughage. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, 20-25 grams you know, per day for an adult is, is great for correct, you know, cleaning your, uh, your, your system. Mm -hmm. And which we get from food anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, so cold press juices... You know, one can say that they are lower in fiber than they should be, but all the soluble fiber is actually within okay. the juice. Okay. Uh, but while the fiber may be slightly limited, the pulp is intact. So pulp is always there in the juice. Okay. So, you know, you started uh, raw pressery about five, five odd years ago. Yes. Um, and today it's uh, you know, available in 15 or 16 different cities across the country. What were some of your early challenges as you were rolling out uh, the brand? Um, there was there were many. Uh, uh, I think five years ago, mm -hmm. I would assume that almost nobody in India knew what cold press was. Correct. And uh, I think that to some degree, we have educated people and created a category of juices that never existed. So a lot of the problems that we had then had to do with sourcing. Um, I think we live in a beautiful country with amazing fruits and vegetables that actually don't reach us. You know, uh, most of them get wasted. Um, people don't know how to source and how to kind of build the right relationships with the farmers. Mm. And some of our best produce is exported. So I think that the early challenge was how do we source with consistency? And, um, you know, what's good for eating may not be good for juicing. So how do you kind of get the right pH level, the right soil, the right, you know, salinity, the right bricks. And there's a lot of IP that has actually gone in in the last five years in us being able to develop these relationships. Uh, and so I think that's that's really where the, where the, 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 the journey began. Me sitting at uh, APMC markets at four in the morning every day, you know, which is about two hours away from my home. And, uh, you know, sitting with these guys who come in on their trucks and seeing how their produce comes in, uh, very shabbily packaged, very unhygienic, really kind of going down to the farm level and working with these guys and saying, how can we improve on this? Um, because more than the juice, I think the promise that we have to people is what we're giving you is sourced, you know, ethically and sourced hygienically. Um, and we literally try and pick out the fruit or the vegetable as it falls from the tree. Mm. Uh, that's how close it is to freshness. Wow. Um, so, so that was an early challenge. But uh, but there's so many. I think mm. your whole show I can keep talking I, about. So, you know, when you started, um, you had a shelf life of two or three days. Today, it's about two weeks. Have you started adding preservatives? No, obviously not. No, no. Um, 
and that's what always uh, kind of uh, surprises me that people would think that because there's a lot of technology there's a lot of science out there and um, you know what we're doing as a young company is we're engaging with that science okay and um, it's as good as you know let's let's think about our refrigerator if you put something in the refrigerator it'll last longer so what 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 exactly is happening to make it last longer as opposed to if you leave it out so there's a temperature control um as we start sourcing better uh we understand the microbial load and the bacteria that's in the fruit and outside the fruit mm-hmm. surface impurity is much better mm-hmm. uh we get into more industrial systems on how to clean and how to make sure that the the fruit itself then we get into certain systems of how to extract the juice in an environment which is free of bacteria mm-hmm. and pathogens and then as we start making the juice and filling the juice in a bottle uh you know we make sure that the bottle is is down to you know a very small level of of any kind of impurity mm-hmm. which we can't always see to make it perfect mm-hmm. um and so there's so many different technologies that actually go into a system mm-hmm. that um, cold pressing gives you two days mm-hmm. but um, then you do all of these things to kind of increase the mm-hmm. the life by reducing mm-hmm. the bacterial load and then you know comes a breakthrough technology of using pressure so um i know that this is an important question for many people so i'll take a little bit of yeah. time on this um think about just think about how to kill bacteria uh by first understanding what do bacteria need so bacteria is the invisible enemy and typically it needs four things to survive so one is food and we are the food sure. so the the you know we can't take away the fruit itself correct then it needs oxygen um it needs heat and it needs moisture mm. and um, if you also take these away you create an environment in which there's then they cannot they cannot just survive on the food mm. so heat is actually used predominantly to kill bacteria okay. and uh, beyond a certain temperature they can't survive mm. so take a domestic example when we get milk delivered to our doorstep in the morning in a packet you know or pouch yeah. fresh milk yeah. the first thing that we would do is boil it or cut it open put it into a uh, you know a saucepan and boil it mm-hmm. and immediately after boiling it you'll put it into the refrigerator correct right what you're doing is domestically domestically pasteurization okay. essentially you know high heat high temperature being being put onto a liquid to kill the bacteria and then immediately cooling it down so the bacteria cannot start growing as that temperature starts reducing we do this at home yes. you don't add preservatives to your milk and this is how you ensure that fresh milk can survive for some time so what surprises me is a lot of people jump to a lot of conclusions but these are educated people okay. uh, who just need to go back to what we learned yeah. in school uh, and just apply those things to everyday life so what but the problem with pasteurization is that that heat also kills all the nutrition mm. and um, the covalent bonds or the 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 what makes nutrition in fruits and vegetables is more delicate than in 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 things like milk yeah so they get destroyed by heat mm. and when you take the nutrition away you take the color away you take the taste away so what we started doing is we started using pressure mm. and with you know when i say pressure i mean um, take the take the bottom of the ocean and imagine the amount of pressure that is there at the bottom yeah. of the ocean yeah and multiply that by 5 okay right that's about 87000 psi 
that's the amount of pressure that we put on each bottle after the juice is already sealed inside. And this bottle then expands and contracts. The pressure is pulsated as a frequency through very cold water. And this eliminates the growth of any bacteria. Amazing. Now, with that, we get an increased shelf life because we've created an environment in which they cannot grow. Mm. And we've taken them out of pressure. Mm. But because we've not used any significant heat, the nutrition, the taste, everything remains. Okay. So we are the only juice out there in the country in which... 100% of the product is made from 100% of farm produce. So the only juice with only fruits. Uh, and we use science and technology to do this. We would never, ever add anything that would be harmful to consumers. Our motto is all good, no bad. Yeah. And we'll uh, come to that. And, and that that's just starts with the product. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So thank you. That was uh, an amazing uh, clarification that Roe Presley has absolutely no preservatives. So you and it's not it. just us. You know, I'll tell you, in today's world, even the Tetra Pak companies, even there are so many different filling technologies. If nobody needs to use preservatives, okay. nobody, okay. not even Coca-Cola, okay. you know, so, yeah. So that's, I think that's just a mindset of the consumer. Yes. Saying if it lasts long, it's a, it's a, it's a fear that is it's got a hangover today. And because people don't know enough, they feel that that's the shortest, you know, uh, route to doing something. Correct. It's our job to educate. Them. Yes. So, you know, you just mentioned about all good, no bad. And you're building it as a brand virtually. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about the philosophy behind this. So, actually, what happened was in the early days, you know, this boring scientific explanation that I've just given you. Uh, imagine I had to give this to everybody. Right. And everybody asked me this. Well, and about 15,000 people per day will watch you. <laughs> so, I, you know, and in the early days, you know, when you're going and saying, hey, you know, I'm cold press and HPP, which is high pressure pasteurization. And, you know, and they're like, okay, you know, nobody wants to know how much science or technology is going behind making a juice. And most people will say, oh, you know, forget it. I can do this myself yeah. at home. Um, but really, you know, to explain it was difficult. So, yeah. What we started telling people was something very simple. We said, look, everything that's good is inside the bottle and anything that is bad, right, is not inside this bottle, is not happening to the bottle. Uh, so our product code or our philosophy is that it's all good, it's no bad. And they said, oh, okay, fine, just tell me that, you know, that's what I want to know. But what started happening beyond the product philosophy was it also started becoming our own little mantra, you know, where we said, that's who we are, you know, and, and we believe that um, a lot of our consumers, the ones that appreciate our product and the brand, they're the ones who are saying, you know, we, we want to be all good, no bad. Mm. And uh, not in a goody, good, yeah. you know, uh, kind of way, but just that we, we, we believe this world is all good, no bad. And we, we think that, you know, if you have, if you have good friends, uh, you won't keep bad company, yeah. you know, and if you have good thoughts, you won't yeah. have bad actions. Absolutely. and. And so an entire language for the brand started kind of evolving from that. And today our entire communication strategy is built on, you know, all good, no bad, or uh, all love, no hate, you know, uh, all, 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 you know, all fresh, no, no preservatives, okay. uh, things like that. So that's an entire language that okay. came from that. Terrific. So one more question on Raw Presley before we move to the next segment. You know, you've expanded into soups, 
smoothies and non non dairy milks yes how has that experience been and why soups of so if you if you cold press uh, fruits you get uh, juices okay if you take all the vegetables and do the same you will get a soup we oh, drink a juice okay. and we eat a soup i never thought of it uh, before, right and essentially it's a liquid yeah. vegetables and liquid fruits mm-hmm. so and uh, we are a liquid nutrition brand essentially mm-hmm. so um the other thing is that you know for me as an entrepreneur i think we always look at how what problem can be solved and um, i thought that there was a big problem in juice and there remains where people make juice at home and i'm sure later we'll come to pricing and things like that where people are making juice which is not just inconvenient but much more expensive to make at home Correct. and not consistent in in everything that they do we said that's a problem yeah. they can't buy it they want they make it how do we solve that let's give them something they can buy which they usually make mm-hmm. now soup is a similar thing um that we make soup at home but have you ever bought a soup that the same way that you make one at home because it's all powder yeah you know and um, i don't want to drink powder mm. i don't want to think that my soup is is a powder i want a soup made from from vegetables mm. uh, you know in the same way that i make one at home mm. so we made a soup uh, in a cup um which you can buy and you can you know open the lid and you can actually drink okay very similar to maybe if you've been to some of the international mm. supermarkets Marks and Spencer, yeah. Waitrose, yeah. where you can actually pick it off a hot shelf. So we made it, and then we really, you know, worked hard on the packaging and made it in such a way that you can buy it and open it and drink it, or you can actually put that packaging in a microwave directly um, and 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 consume it. So, so these are available all over the country. Yeah. So what we do is we only launch them during the winter seasons uh, for the North Market, especially, uh, and in the flavors that come there. So it's it's. you know it's it's what we do it's just kind of a product portfolio play sure. uh non dairy is again that part which is a lot of um, this generation has grown up wanting to not drink milk correct and or for whatever reason lactose intolerance sure. or vegan or planet consciousness mm-hmm. or whichever it is taste nutrition yeah. anything yeah. and so we said you know there's no real good company out there that is doing this so we went into Uh, Peter awarded us the best vegan drink um, last year for our mm-hmm. almond milk. So that's an that and I think that category globally is a very very fast growing category. We are also uh launching into a protein shake. Okay. Uh you know actually in the next one month. So when you look at it what we're really trying to do in our product portfolio is we are a liquid nutrition brand. So we use fruits and vegetables to make juices um to give you vitamins and minerals mm-hmm. and you you know all about yeah. this mm-hmm. uh we use almonds to make uh, nut milk mm-hmm. uh which gives you good fat and fiber correct and we use dairy and casein and milk protein isolate uh to make a protein milkshake which will give you protein okay. so essentially we're giving you we don't need to give you carbs mm-hmm. because india is a carb country yeah. you close your eyes put your arm out you'll find the carb you know so so we really wanted to focus on the other food groups mm-hmm. in a liquid format and um so yeah the protein shake will have 18 grams of protein in a in, in a single it's almost the whole day's requirement yeah it's about 60% for an adult yeah. it completes a growing you know kids uh, requirement for the day mm. and uh, we i believe that protein is we're very deficient in protein yeah. and yeah, for the vegetarians and and you know it's very difficult mm. also if you eat meat how much can you keep sitting down and getting all all of it so 
a very convenient way to actually input protein is what we're looking for. So, so we're looking at our product portfolio in that manner. Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about pricing. Sure. Um, your your pricing um, though has come down, but it's still much more than uh, the average use. Yes. Um, and yet there are some incredible benefits. Yes. So how would you uh, explain the reason for higher pricing? There's just more content inside the product. Okay. You know, um, my question is that how does any other juice company sell a juice for 110, 120 rupees a liter because there's just no content inside that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fruits and vegetables come at a certain cost. Mm -hmm. The best way to look at this is make a juice at home and tell me what it costs. Yeah. Because people don't calculate what the cost of making something at home mm -hmm. is. But let's take this as an example. If you buy Valencia oranges, which is what we make our orange juice from, anywhere, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll get it at, in the range of about 100, 120 rupees a kg, mm -hmm. right? And if you take one kg, mm -hmm. uh, you can't get more than 40, 45% juice from it, okay? So if you want to make one liter of juice, you will need anywhere between two and a half to three kgs, okay? Right? So if you're... That's about 300 rupees. That's about 300 rupees. You know, our price to the consumer is less than 300 rupees. And that goes with giving the retailer a margin. You know, we've built an entire cold chain for distribution. Yeah. You know, all the packaging material, all the sourcing, you know, all the, the pressurization to make sure that it, it stays alive and stays fresh when it comes to you. Um, you know, so and with, with 100% you know, certified oranges and all of that coming to you. So really, it's it's not about price, it's about value. Mm -hmm. And for those that want to do it themselves, if they do this calculation, they'll realize that beyond the inconvenience and the, and the you know, you can make an orange juice, of course you can, but you still have to go get it, you can make it, you have to do all of that. Sure. But then there are other juices, which take a green juice, for example, you know, where we put kale and spinach and dudhi and celery and amla, mm -hmm. You know, and most people will not know how to concoct that and not do it. So we really wanted to bring that back to people and say, you know, I remember waking up early in the mornings and, and going to in Bombay and Marine Drive and stuff. And there were so many people walking and jogging and then drinking a wheatgrass shot and drinking Kareleka juice if you're diabetic or something else. You can't find these things. So actually the cost is very justified when you look at everything that goes behind it. We are not overpriced. We're not more expensive than what it takes someone to make it at home. Yeah. And then there's another argument that people say, well, I can go to that juice center and I can get it. Well, that's more expensive. You know, actually, juice centers are more expensive. Yeah. And you don't really know what their sourcing has been, how they've cleaned the fruits and the vegetables. Um, you know, I think the only thing that I would probably say is that the coconut water, you know, which is about 40 rupees for a coconut, which we'd sell for maybe 60 rupees. Um, but, you know, you can't carry the coconut with you and how many of those can you keep in your fridge? So we're giving you mobility and convenience. Um, I think there's very little over here where we say that let's make a lot of money by selling something because in India that doesn't work. You know, but there's another thing that while I keep driving the fact that this is a value conscious generation, India, as much as we say we're Pesa Vasuli, right, we're also very suspicious, uh, you know, kind of breed of people, I would say, because 
like you asked, like, oh, the shelf life has gone up. Have they put something inside it? Now, I remember someone asking me once, they said, if I sold you a bottle of water, right? Firstly, how much do you pay for a bottle of water? Have you ever thought it's expensive? No. But it's water. You can you can get it for free in your house, right? I mean, but you, you pay 20 rupees sometimes for a bottle of water. I mean, nobody's questioning the bottle of water, right? But if somebody gave you a bottle of mineral water, which costed two rupees, would you buy it? I wouldn't. I would say, why is it only two rupees? You know, the guy says, well, it's free. You know, what I'm putting inside, it costs very little. Uh, But we'd suspect that. We'd say, you know, so that's the kind of, uh, uh, you know, which which I, I go through every day. But the fact is, five years ago, people said we wouldn't make it to year five. And we're here. So actually, that's a testament to people actually realizing that our product is valuable and there is more content inside it. And we're providing convenience at, you know, and uh, and as we have been as we're scaling and our volume is growing, you know, basic stuff today, I buy thousands and thousands of tons of fruits. I buy them at a lower price today because of the volume and I'm passing that on to consumers. So so today, you know, but 65 percent of a our revenues come from products which are under 80 rupees. So there is that bracket, you know, which, which has come in because of the volume. Yeah. So it's a growing company. I, that's, no, no, I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm, I'm a very great uh, consumer of your products and I believe in it. Yeah. But one more question, you know, you spoke about going for a jog and people drinking Karela juice. There are 100 million diabetics in our country. And generally it's said that they should not drink Normal juice, juice because of sugar content. Yes. What about uh, your juices? Would they be, are they suitable for diabetics? So some, you know, uh, in the early, so we are not allowed to make health claims by the FSSA. I'm with you. And uh, nor do we want to. Yeah. But what, what we did for a lo- long time when I was making this, I was actually made the first batch of all what we call our benefits range mm-hmm. uh, with nutritionists and dietitians. And we thought very closely and we understand that yes, the sugar content and the natural sugar, your glycemic index, you know, there's an insulin spike and yeah. all of that. So we studied this. We did a lot of tests around it. What we found was that for a lot of people from type, even type 2 diabetes, they could drink our pomegranate juice. I see. So, you know, I said, look, I'm never going to tell people sure. this because that's not what the brand should do. But a lot of nutritionists started doing that. Okay. And till today, we have a lot of diabetic patients because we don't add any sugar. Uh, pomegranates is, is inherently low in very low in sugar and very stable in right in terms of the thing is India being you know kind of a diabetic capital of the yeah. world right uh, there's too many different types of people with different you know uh, kind of intensities of their diabetes so we don't want to go out there correct. and do that correct and then we started a grapefruit juice the naringin which the enzyme inside the grapefruit juice is something that diabetics can have and so grapefruit, which goes at 500, 600 rupees a kg, is what a lot of diabetics, you know, will just in an inelastic way always be eating and, and, and having with a little bit of black pepper. So we, our grapefruit juice is another one which is oriented towards diabetics, but we can't market it that way. Sure. Um, and so actually in, in 2020, we're going through a health study uh, in, in for all of our juices. And we're trying to see which ones can actually help diabetics, which ones can help 
you know, different types. So immunity for vitamin C for growing kids. And, and we're looking to see if we can fortify some of these things to make it available for them. Very sensible. I think what we should say on, uh, on the show is that if you do want to try raw pressery, please check with your doctor once. If you do want to have raw pressery, please check with your doctor. Yeah. Mm. Pregnant so, women know, have our green yeah. juices. Their doctors tell them for the folic acid and yeah. for iron. You know, so our juices do that. Okay. A lot of people have our green juices when they have dengue uh, because they're supposed to have the papaya yeah. leaf juice and all of that stuff. These are things that are already happening, you know, um, apart from some people using the juices as mixers with the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are also using it. I haven't tried it, but I'm going to try that. <laughs> okay. um, you're still very young, but, uh, you know, there, have been, there are failures in all our lives. What has been your biggest learning from your biggest failure? Um, I think we're, we're reinventing ourselves in, in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that in, in this business, we don't look at them as failures. I think we just look at them as steps towards success. Yeah. Um, so within the business, I think that um, the, the, the thing that I've learned the most from is believing in people. And, um, and being surrounded by the right group of people, the right team. Um, I made some early mistakes in that. Um, and today, I think it's the most important. It's the most scalable way, you know, thing in, in my personal life as well as in my professional life. I think uh, believing in people, always giving them a chance. Also, you know, empathizing with them, um, listening to them. And I think just... Managing the energies of, of different people and their expectations in, in certain ways, because whether it's your team, whether it's investors, whether it's your wife, whether it's your friends, whether it's you know consumers, I think that that has been uh, probably something that I failed at early, and which I learned from, and I think that I keep you know trying to become better at that. Fantastic, Anuj, uh, this has been an absolutely incredible conversation. I think I I personally have learned so much about the three types of juices. I've always been a great believer in raw pressery. And not only that, but today I learned why we boil milk and why we put it in the fridge immediately after. But you have such amazing knowledge. I'd love to get you back again to get into more details about uh, juices. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You podcast. Be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover fantastic bonus content. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply search for The Brand Called You. Thank you, and see you next week.